where I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. is tracking the draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the Director of Scouting for TSN. We'll be along very shortly. This is episode 20 of season two and this is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed and uh, we've got a great show lined up for you we're going to discuss one trade uh, maybe one team and and that craig liked and didn't like from the trade deadline we're going to discuss the overall depth of the 2021 draft not just the top five not just the top two not just the top 30 uh, one, two, sixty-four, whatever it might be. Uh, we're going to discuss the overall depth of uh, the draft, and uh, then we're going to dive into some NHL bloodlines and uh, discuss uh, three players whose uh, fathers had successful careers in the NHL. Josh Doan is one of them. He plays with the Chicago Steel. Pipeline Prospects listed him for just uh, $20. We also have Chase Stillman. If you, you, you Google uh, his very first OHL goal, it's spectacular. Daltac Scouting Service snagged this guy, this NFT, for $50. Uh, he is playing in uh, Denmark. He's going to be playing in Canada for the U18s. And Rad Savage, I'm excited about this player because my wife's uh, high-level scouting. Trish Millard owns that one. Craig is the president of that scouting agency. And as Duckman's domination owner, we have an affiliation with high-level scouting. So an opportunity for me to be able to get a really good deal on what I think is a great player. You know, high-level paid $80. Um, and, you know, that that money comes out of the Duckman's domination uh, budget. And, and, you know, some people might look and say, yeah, I don't know if this guy's going to be that high of a pick. But I think he's going to be a really good player. And he will help the franchise down the road if indeed we are able to snag him. Uh, we'll also take a look at some of the moves the Duckman's domination made in the UFHL trade deadline. And uh, if you don't know what the UFHL is, man, you are in for a treat. Uh, Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Check out the brand new website, www.uffsports.com. Uh, there it is on the screen. You can Register as a fan. Uh, if you're a scout, if you're a team owner, uh, there is so many cool things going on with this platform. Uh, two more sports being announced this weekend on the UFFS podcast. Uh, so, man, get in the game where you own the game, literally. These are NFTs. The future of fantasy is ultimate franchise fantasy sports. Yes, get in the game where you own the game and you can be a part of our growing 
community. All right, let's bring him in now and get to our discussion today. Here he is, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Craig, I know you had a, a very busy week with the trade deadline, and uh, I know you had the pickleball incident, so I just want to let you know I've got the Wheat King mask here, and i got the Grant Fuhrer mask here, if you need to borrow them for, for your next match, but glad you made through everything okay. Well, I mean, I, I, it was the sunglasses that got me. I mean, I mean, and when, when face hits uh, the hard court, Face has no chance, and uh, that's exactly what happened to me. The sunglasses got me, but you know what? Uh, all's well. Everything's good. It's it's a story. People keep saying to me, Dean, like, come on, what's the real story? I said, are you kidding me? Pickleball story. This is an unbelievable story. If I had to make up a story, I would make up a pickleball story. Like, that's it's right. perfect, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? Uh, it's all good. I'll tell you what. I got just got to tell you this. The doctor who attended to me, she was fabulous. And, you know, what, what, like I'm not big on, like, not big. I hate needles. I hate the whole thing. And so she just, she had me relax. And then she kept, you know, making little comments. But I got three stitches on in my eyebrow. And so she had stitched up my cheek. And uh, she said, she's getting ready to stitch up my eyebrow. She goes, I'm going to use a different uh, color suture. And I'm laying there thinking, there's different color sutures? Like, I'm just thinking there's only black sutures, right? So uh, I, I, I twirl this around in my head, and then I ask her, I go, why are you using different color sutures? And she goes, well, she says, uh, you know, if I put in black sutures, when they go to take out the sutures, they might mistake some of your eyebrows and start plucking those. And I don't know if you want to go through that pain. And I started to laugh, right? But, but there was a little further one she told me that I, I haven't told very many people, where she said... Yeah, and she says, uh, it's always important. Come in and be nice, be polite, be friendly. Because if you're not, I might have put in black sutures and maybe let you take the chance if you get eyebrows waxed. <laughs> uh, good advice. Always be nice with the person doing any kind of stitching around you, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, just be nice all the time. There's no, right, yeah. there's no, there is no cost to being nice. All right, let's uh, just quickly look at the trade deadline. Give me one trade you really liked and one trade you were not so fond of. Yeah, I, I mean, like, when I look at the uh, uh, what the Tampa Bay Lightning did and, you know, trying to repeat as Stanley Cup champions is is hard. Trying to be a Stanley Cup champion is extremely difficult. And, you know, when, when I look at their team and, you know, they have the best goalie in the league, they have the best defenseman in the league, and they add David Savard. And to me, you know, Julian Breesbaugh finding ways to, to give his team every opportunity uh, to, to be the best they can be. And in this case, repeat as Stanley Cup champions. I, I love that move. Everybody else kind of sets the, the, the height of the bar. 
for me, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Tampa Bay Lightning kept raising that bar. It's like an Olympic high jump event. So, okay, yeah, you want to keep raising it? We can jump over it. I love the addition of Savard. They have Chernick. They have Hedman. They have McDonough. They have Sergachev. I mean, it's a, a Cal Foot has played really well. Jan Ruda was there last year. Uh, I think it's a group of defensemen that is really, really solid. And keep in mind, they're getting Kucherov back. Mm-hmm. And... They also are going to have a healthy Steven Stamkos. So I, I, I think the move they made uh, to, to get David Savard and, and knowing what they have in Kucherov and knowing that they have a healthy Steven Stamkos, I, I just love what they did. I, I, think, uh, I, I think everybody's chasing them. And, you know, doesn't mean they can't catch them or beat them, but I think they've really done a solid job. I, I, I really, and, and it's coming in as a, as a real close second, is Steve Eiserman. Uh, acquiring Jakob Verana in a first and second round draft pick for mm-hmm. Anthony Mantha. And, and Anthony Mantha is a good player. And I understand what the Washington Capitals were trying to do. They were trying to change uh, the, uh, the, uh, their team and, you know, the look of their team. Anthony's a really good goal scorer. And I like Anthony. People go, you don't like Anthony? No, I like Anthony. That's a steep price to pay you know, to, to, to exchange a, a, a player and draft picks for a player that I think can, that gives you a different look, yes, but is very similar in terms of productivity and maybe not as good in, 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 in terms of his productivity. Not far off, but that's a steep price to pay. And I look at what the Islanders did. I look at what the Bruins did. I see where the Penguins are at. And I don't think that it's a move that, while it changes their look a little bit, I don't see a move that really, uh, it's a move that really takes them to another level. All right, moving on to the 2021 draft now, and we've chatted a little bit about, uh, you know, the top pick, the one pick, and the two guys uh, that you had uh, in contention for that. What about the overall look at the 2021 draft? What do you think this draft is as far as depth, and, you know, would you call it a deep draft, or would you call it uh, not a very good draft overall? Well, uh I, I, you've heard me say this, and I'm never going to stop saying it because it's 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 a it's a deep belief, it's a it's a truism. This draft's going to have lots of good players come out of it. Will, will it be in the top five? Maybe not. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers was the ninth pick. You know, Nikolai Ehlers is a top player. Kyle Connor was the seventeenth pick. You know, or the eighteenth pick. I mean, like Thomas Shabbat. Like, I mean, th- th- these are all really good players. We measure drafts on on oh, what's the top end look like? And Dean, there is no uh, phrase I have heard more. Oh, this draft doesn't look too deep than that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> the the job of 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 scouts and talent evaluation is to project and to look at players and look at the attributes and the skills and then try to project as best as you can where those players are going to be at in three, four or five years time. And that's the, and the vast majority of players are underdeveloped. So the players that, that are at the top and they're good players, right? And, and, and they're really talented players. It doesn't take anything away, but this idea that because there's no Matthews or there's no uh, Connor McDavid, oh, the draft isn't that good. It's a bunch of garbage. Uh, Braden Point was a third-round draft pick. Kucherov, who I watched at the U18 tournament, dominated it. He was a dominant player. There was no and oh, and people say Walpiz of his passport. Well, good. You know, the one thing I'm always going to be confident of saying 
is that the stupidity that goes into evaluation and scouting, wow, he wasn't that big. Wow, the passports. Oh, all the garbage comments you make. And you know what it is? It's an indictment on the people making those stupid comments because they're not true. So do I think this is a good draft? Darn right I do. Do I think there's going to be some really good players come out of it? Yeah, I do. So I'm not worried about the top five, top ten. There's going to be lots of good players come out of this draft, and I'm bullish on this draft, just like I was bullish on last year's draft. And the draft before that, and the draft before that, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, you know what I think of, what I would think of, and and you know what I am thinking of as uh, you know being an affiliate with high level scouting and, and yourself and Trish is, I want to hear other scouts to say I don't think this is a very deep draft. Okay, good because that means you don't know about the amount of players that that we know about. Because if you think it's not deep or if it's not my, maybe high end, that's okay. That leaves a lot of players for us to pick through on the open market in, in the UFHL. So that's what you know when I hear people say that my kind of eyes light up and think oh this is good this is good news to know because i know there are good players in the draft even beyond the top five top 10 top 32 top 64 whatever it might be we drafted brendan morrow in 1997 in the latter part of the first round and uh it, it was it was it was a fascinating thing i mean we really liked brendan brendan at the time was five foot eleven Dean, we had a number of people from other NHL teams come up to us and tell us, ah, oh, geez, he's a really good player. Geez, yeah, we liked him, but he's 5'11". Ah, oh, were you worried about his skating? Were you worried about the... And do you know what it is? They're telling comments that help you, if you're paying attention to those comments, that help you determine where you can position players to get even more of those high-quality players. Because they're sitting there saying, oh, boy, you know, uh, he's only 5'11", or you're worried about his skating. Jason Robertson is a, is a, is a top-notch rookie this year in the National Hockey League. All I heard was we were worried about his skating. Do you know how many players, do you, like, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I am. Do you know how many guys are great skaters that get nowhere fast, that get drafted mm -hmm. high and don't produce? Oh, there's a lot of them. And if I had a, like a like an opportunity to tell you how many, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were six foot four. You couldn't pass them up. Oh yeah, you could. Oh yeah, you could. <laughs> and it's it, again, it, again. And bottom line is, take advantage of the intel. Take advantage of where people overvalue things or where people don't value enough of the right things. Braden Point is my example, and I'll tell you what. I, I, I thought a lot of Braden Point. I didn't rate him high enough, and I had him rated really high. So who's the? So I guess maybe somebody can say, "Well, you're just as dumb." Yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. All right, let's get to our first player, and uh, there's a, a, an interesting theme here with uh, the players we're doing today. It's NHL bloodlines, and and the first guy we're talking about is uh, Josh Doan, Shane's son, a forward with Chicago of the USHL and uh, this uh, NFT was purchased by Pipeline Projects just listed uh, for $20 uh, pretty good so far 27 goals 65 points in 50 games this year with Chicago of the USHL and so Craig with all three players we're, we're talking about today I'm going to start out with the same question uh, similarities and differences between the player and the NHL fathers. So Josh Doan, what do you see that's similar and maybe different uh, with Shane Doan? 
Most things are different, uh, I would say to you. The one thing that really struck me, and I've watched Josh play since he was a midget player, it, it was the skating style. The skating style was, was eerily similar to, to his father, Shane. And, and because I watched Shane when he was 15, I have, a, I have a really good background on this one. So, But, you know, Josh was a smaller player. He, he, he was a player that was, like, small. He wasn't big. But, you know, you watched him play and you watched how he competed. Could, could he overpower people like his dad at that age? No. Could he think the game like his dad at that age? You certainly saw that in, in, in his play. And then over time, the Chicago Steel, you, you, they have lots of good players, so you're watching them on a regular basis. And, and I thought Josh Stone should have been drafted last year in the 2020 draft. I thought somebody drafted him would would be really astute. Now, that's okay. That, that uh, You've heard me say this. 31 teams can't all be wrong, you know, in terms of not drafting a player. You know, for whatever reason, maybe he didn't show enough or they didn't feel confident enough. That's okay. I get this young man now has physically matured to a point where he is he's a dominant player in the USHL. I have no doubt he's going to be an NHL player. He is clearly going to be in my top 40 players. He might be in my first round, in my top 32. That's how good he is. He can shoot. He's smart. He's competitive. And as he's physically matured, all those things have just become more obvious and more prevalent. And when I see a player that is just like, he, 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 all he's done is scratch the surface along the line. Well, guess what? He, he, he's like that. He's like that. Uh, uh, butterfly that's breaking out of the cocoon, and I think mm -hmm. he's going to fly beautifully in the NHL. I have, I have, I, like honestly, I have no doubt he's a surefire NHL player. Surefire. I've seen just a few highlights, but the ones I have seen were him ripping one timers. Is that the, kind of the, the, the kind of the the biggest strength for him? Is that uh, pretty accurate and and quick shot? It's one of his strengths. It's not his only strength, and it's not his biggest strength. He he has a complete game. And what I love about Josh, any way you want to play it, let's get into a skating skill game, up to it. You want to grind it out in the corners and along the boards and tight quarters, up to it. You want to set me up for the shot, up for it. Oh, can I make plays? Yeah, he can. Is he smart? Can he adapt to all the different situations? Like, you, you, Josh, like, uh, when I think about Josh and I think about what his capabilities are, and Dean, you should really be saying to me, wait a second here, Craig, stop. <laughs> like you're telling me top 40 might be in your top 32. You should be saying to me, you're nuts if he's not in your top 32. All right, you're nuts if he's not in your uh, in your top 32. Um, and we've talked about the Chicago Steel and the development that they have, uh, oh. you know, the players that they have. Uh, so he's developed there. Uh, I, I, I wish... Uh, you know, selfishly that he would have developed in Manitoba. The Jets would have never left and Shane would have, uh, you know, and grown up there. But he grew up in Arizona. And so he goes to Chicago. Now he's going back to Arizona State just recently announced. I mean, what is that like? Uh, this is this is excellent for that program to get the name Doan and this quality player in their program. What's going to be like for his development curve continuing going from Chicago to ASU? I would say ideal because it, it's not like for Shane, for Josh 
to go along the path that he's on, it's the right one. It's the one that he's confident in. And so, you know, when a player goes and chooses a college, and I've always told players, when you go and you're visiting a college and you look at a number of the ones, you're going to know when the fit is right for you. Like, if you're, like, you know, players that go and look and they say, well, which one would you pick? I said, all I know is, is the ones you're going to visit, you can't go wrong. So when you feel that comfort level, away you go. I can add in all the, while well, you get to go to practice in shorts, it's near home and all those things. Well, those are beneficial too in, in their own regard, if that's what you value. But for me, Josh going to a, to a program that, uh, you know, has all the uh, facilities and all the attributes of development. And you got to keep in mind, Josh is a player that's not in a race to get ahead. He's not trying to race to get somewhere yesterday. He knows there's steps to be taken here, and I think he's uh, on a path that's very, very solid for Josh. Indeed. All right, let's get to our next player, Chase Stillman, the son of Corey. Uh, he's a forward that played in uh, Denmark uh, for a few games this year and will be going to the U18s as well. And this NFT uh, purchased by Doltac Scouting Service for $50. Uh, so let's talk about the similarities and the differences between Chase and Corey Stillman. Well, I mean, Chase is a very smart player. And uh, Corey, I mean, had uh, exceptional hockey sense. And he could uh, he could slow the game down. He was a good playmaker. He was good without the puck. And so certainly Chase... Uh, has those has has those qualities that his that his father uh, displayed in a, in a very successful NHL career, you know Chase, uh, he he he's he like Corey was was really gifted in junior hockey and you know you know anticipated the play and you know was was two steps ahead of the play so his anticipation was was really outstanding and it's not that Chase doesn't have that. But that was a quality that Corey had uh, in abundance. Chase has, and, and because there, and because you know Corey could get to the right places ahead of time, so he didn't have to be as dogged because he was dogged in his mind. You know, Chase is more dogged in his in his physical approach, and not that he's not smart because he is, but. I mean, he gets he, he gets he, he plays along the boards and he plays in those one on one what I call the one on one combat areas. And he, he, he's really, really hungry to, to win the puck, to compete for the puck. And when he does have the puck, he doesn't want to be denied. He wants to get into the areas that, you know, where the rewards come from and and. and as he puts, as he gets stronger and that physical maturity comes and he gets more power in his legs, he's going to become a little bit quicker. He's going to become a little bit faster and he's going to become even that much more difficult to deter because he's going to have that leverage. And, and that's going to extend into his upper body where he has a, a, a real opportunity uh, to, 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 to flex his game in, in, in a very different way. So I, I think when I, when I watch Chase and I watch the way he, he plays and, uh, you know, he's well-rounded, he, he can play in different scenarios. He might not have the same kind of uh, elite, uh, you know, high-end skill that Corey had at that same age, but he certainly has a, has a brain and he certainly has a competitive fire in him that is uh, really significant. 
His first uh, career OHL goal was an absolute showstopper. Uh, I don't know if he does that uh, often, but is he a guy that's not afraid to to take a defenseman on one on one? And you know, maybe he doesn't have that uh, the the, the high end skill right now that his dad did, but is he still you know willing to take on a defenseman one on one in those situations? Oh yeah, he he's willing to take him on with the puck, without the puck, in the corner, attacking to the net. Chase doesn't. Chase doesn't. Uh, he's no shrinking violet. He he he's right in the mix, right in the mix. And you know, I mean, I think a big assessment on Chase is going to be that projection. You know, where do you think he can get to? You know, what are the elements like? Like I see a lot of developmental uh, uh, areas of his game. That, that, that that's where the projection comes in. But. You know, when you start to look at the IQ, you look at the puck skills, you look at the skating base, they're all good. And it, I mean, obviously it goes without saying that if they were better, you know, you'd be looking at a player in the top end of the draft. But because they're not there presently, or they're not as obvious presently, doesn't mean you can't get there. But certainly he has qualities of an NHL player. Certainly, you know, with that physical maturity moving along, it's it's something that you look at and go, yeah, he can uh, he 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 can develop into a player that's a that's a really good competitive uh, player with skill. What kind of a role do you think he plays for Canada at the U18s? You know what, uh, Dean? That's going to be a question for a lot of players because you mm-hmm. got to keep in mind that uh, the the a lot most of the players uh, have not had a real chance to dig in. More importantly, the coaches haven't had a chance uh, right. to really know what they are. Alan Miller, the general manager, the new director of player personnel for Hockey Canada, he knows this group of players. He knows this age group. He knows the players here exceptionally well. He's going to be really able to 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 guide the coaches along. Hey, this is where these players have had success. This is where they've uh, you know, found a comfort level in terms of position and role. But what I will say this about Chase and having watched him. He can kill penalties. He can play on the power of play. You can play him in different areas of your lineup. So you're talking about a flexibility and versatility in Chase's game that I think every coach likes. Now, how, how comfortable Dave Barr and Mike Stuthers and Gordy Dwyer get in that process, you know, that that's just part of the uh, progression of a team from, from coming to camp to playing together to watching them in the early parts of the tournament. So that's what I would say with Chase. But Chase is going to find himself in, in, in the thick of things because that's just the, the personality that he has. Well, that's good. It'll be certainly uh, exciting uh, to watch that tournament um, uh, unfold. All right, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS Hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform and the lifeblood of the franchises in the UFHL. Any free agent, any prospect goes through a scout. So if you think you have some scouting knowledge, get in the game where you own the game. Start putting your scouting talent to good use and collect some NFTs. Become an independent scout, form a partnership with an existing franchise, Check out www.uffsports, the brand new site, for more information. And uh, I, I know, Craig, uh, we're going to get into some of the deals that uh, we made at the deadline in just a second, but I want to talk about, uh, get to our uh, last player for the 2021 draft look today, and that's Red Savage, a forward uh, with the U.S. National Development Team uh, in the USHL. And he's uh, one of the guys that you recommended for us in, in high-level scouting. We snagged him for $80, and we're really excited to see his progress as we move forward. And uh, he is the son of 
Brian Savage. So what are the similarities and possible differences between him and his father? Well, Brian was a, was a big, lanky, you know, really good hands. And, hey, let's see, Brian's a great golfer. He was a great golfer. He took two years off of playing hockey to golf, you know, and, and, and never missed a beat. And Brian, Brian was a shooter. Brian was a, was a pure shooter goal scorer. You know, Red, Redmond, uh, you know, is he, he can score, but, but he attacks and, you know, he, he's going to take the puck to the net. He's really, really comfortable. And I, I think for players, and certainly we talk about physical maturity, you know, I don't worry about players or I'm the, I don't have concerns about players when I watch them and I see maybe they don't quite have the strength right now to be able to take full advantage of their initiative and their, and their talents, but you see a willingness. And then you look at it and go, well, once he gets stronger, he's going to be able to take greater advantage of that initiative and that willingness. And I think when when I watch Red Savage play, that's exactly what I see him. I see him as a in three years' time, where is he going to be? He's going to be more powerful. But he, he, he is... He, 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 he skates well, he gets the puck on the move, he can pick up speed, and he's not interested in playing where it doesn't matter. He wants to play in, in, in the proverbial guts of the action, and he's going to take on opponents. And just, and, and like I've heard it, I've already heard it about him. Well, you know, like, you know, you're worried about his strength. Well, I'm, I'm not asking him to go and play against Victor Hedman tomorrow night. I'm asking, I'm, I'm evaluating where he's at right now and saying that, like, the qualities that he has, the initiative, the, the, the determination, and, and the willingness to, to, to get and, and, and to be around the net and to go one-on-one, what I call body-on-body contact and body-on-body battles. You know, yeah, as he gets stronger, he's going to be able to be better in that. But that's true of, of, of most players. And... I see a lot of players that might be stronger at this age that don't have the willingness or the initiative of a Redmond Savage. And so when you start to project out and you start to look at a player that can demonstrate, that demonstrates those qualities and you think in your mind that they're only going to get better, that's Redmond Savage. And he can score, he can skate, he can kill penalties, he can be a catalyst, he can make plays. That's a really good player. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, the highlight I saw of him was he carried the puck in protected it along the boards against a bigger defenseman then he spins away takes it to the net scores with a beauty toe drag backhand shelf it was an incredible highlight the 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 finish was nice but i really love the first part of it where he was in control he carried the puck over the line and he did not let uh, a defenseman who was bigger take him off the puck and then he created a scoring chance and i'm like that's exciting stuff well, well, and not only is it exciting, Dean, but I think it also what you just described is a, is a real uh, part, a real strong part of, of Red's game. And, and, and I think that, again, when, when, when you have that initiative and you have that willingness and, and you also also have the skill to match, you have an opportunity to be a real good player as you move up the levels. And that's certainly how I feel about Red Savage. I'm looking forward to him uh, developing in a, in a couple of years. Do you see him at the next level as uh, you know a, a center wing? Could be could he be like a shutdown uh, sort of centerman, or or what type of player do you see him as? Yeah, it's a, well, I mean, I I see him as a real strong uh, two way player. I don't think he's going to be a prolific offensive player, but 
those types of players that can move around your lineup, that can that, that can provide a lot of flexibility for a coach, you, I, I, like they're valuable. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're really really uh, uh, important players for your team because you're not kind of just locked in. This is the way you are, and it, it, if the situation is right and things are going well, it'll all turn out well for you. And when things aren't, you might be you might be vulnerable. Red Savage and players like like that give, give your team the opportunity to adjust to changing circumstances, to adjust to scenarios in the game where you look and go, hey, this is a player that we can get into this spot that can take advantage. And, you know, th- th- there's any number of players when you when, when you look around the league, like think about Yanni Gord. Okay, so like when I look at Yanni Gord and Yanni Gord was a free agent signing by the uh, by the. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, Barkley Goudreau, who, and, and I think Red's a little bit different than Barkley Goudreau, but Yanni Gord, you know, was a pretty good goal scorer, but you watch him now in the NHL, you know, he, he can add points, he, he, he can kill penalties, he can match up against other teams, better players, you know, and he's not going to take a back seat. That's, that, that, that's the type of player that I see Red Savage as. Excellent. I am looking forward to that. And uh, let's now recap a little bit of the work that, uh, you know, we did on trade deadline day in the UFHL, you know, with your help and, and the help of George Batchel, our assistant GM. But uh, we the, the the last trade, I don't even know if uh, well, I wasn't going to bother you on trade deadline day, uh, but the uh, the Malcolm Subban trade kind of fell in my lap. And, you know, we traded away anti-Ranta, but we get Subban back in a deal that we can have a goalie that we need to expose in the expansion draft. And then we uh, pick up a, a pick. Uh, the Justin Schultz one, obviously, you were definitely in, involved in our... Uh, and, and I went back to our conversation about Ty Tulio from last season on this show, and I was really excited to pick up uh, that sort of prospect. Uh, we also were able to pick up uh, some cash that uh, goes in the kitty for a little capital. And then um, this is the bigger one where, you know, it started off as a one-to-one deal. Jordan Martinuk for somebody. I tried to expand it. I asked for Alexander Holtz. That wasn't happening. But uh, I, I do think that uh, we were able to uh, pick up some good prospects in Foodie and Yolonen. And then, you know, we get Phil Kessel back, which uh, helps in the in the cap department as well. But, you know, all in all, what did you think of, uh, you know, the progress we were able to make? Well, I, you know, the word I'm going to pick on or pick up on here is progress. You, you, you know what? You, you, you want to look at your team as it is right now. But there's a lot of scenarios you have to look in and around your present team. You talked about expansion. So you got to be thinking about expansion. You talk about salary cap. You got to be thinking about salary cap. You got to be thinking about the future. So you're looking at the, at the draft picks. Then you're trying to look at prospects, okay? You know, we know who Phil Kessel is. We know who Justin Schultz is, but who is Ty Tulio? And, you know, you, 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 you start to look at players such as that and what their potential is. Yes, you loan in, you know, uh, Jean-Luc Foodie. Who are they and what is their potential? So all those things have to go together to fit into to what you're trying to do. And it's not just, it, it would be nice if you just said, okay, we can just focus our site. Okay, what right winger do we need right now that can mm-hmm. score 20 goals? It's much more than that. And I think that, uh, Dean, you know, uh, you and me have talked about this uh, for a lot of years. You've been around it. You're very knowledgeable on it and, and very astute. And you, along with 
with Trish now are are applying all, all, all the all the experience you, you you've gained and just gaining more experience and trying to manage this whole operation. It, it it it's it's an entire operation, and that's the beautiful thing about uh, the UFHL. It gives you the opportunity to manage the entire operation, and by managing the entire operation, you have to understand the different elements of the operation, and that's that's the key to success. So you know uh, when when I look at that and I see all the different parts that go into the discussion, and then. You can always you always feel good about the end result, hmm. but everything that went into the discussion, the procedure, the process, those are the things that allow you to have success. So, uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, uh, kudos to you and Trish and, and everybody involved. And you know, as, as you know, and you you and me, what what are my thoughts? I do the same thing that I would do if, if I'm reporting to a general manager. Hey, Craig, what are your thoughts? This is your area. You know the players. I give you my thoughts. And then you've got to go and make those decisions, and so uh, it's part of being. Uh, 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 it's it, it's it's part of being on a team, and happy to be part of this team. Yeah, it was a total team effort from everybody contributing. We thank you uh, for that, and of course your time today. Uh, enjoy the stretch drive here and getting ready for the draft. There's so much stuff that is going to be happening in the next little while. It's going to be very exciting. Thanks as always, Craig. Thank you, Dean. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. Always fun chatting with uh, Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN and the president of scouting for high-level scouting in the UFHL. And from time to time, we do Craig's counsel. Uh, We did one just recently, but it's a chance for you to ask questions, whether it's about scouting, if you want some scouting advice, if you want a tip on a certain thing, or if you just want to hear some great stories. He talked about uh, Brendan Morrow a little bit going back there. Uh, last week, it was a Gary Roberts story. So a guy with so many stories and so much knowledge is here to help you or entertain you. So email us, trackingthedraft at gmail.com, and uh, we will add it to the uh, pile uh, that we have that, that we couldn't get to the last time and that we get from time to time uh, coming in as well. All right, I told you earlier, the brand-new website uh, is available, uffsports.com is where you can find it. It is the future of fantasy. We're taking fantasy and turning them into NFTs, giving the utility. So it's fantasy gameplay for an NFT. It is next level. We have hockey, two leagues, UFHL and UFAHL. Of course, we uh, launched golf. Uh, that'll be auctioned off. Uh, teams will be auctioned off in August. Uh, UFBA, Ultimate Fantasy Basketball Association, is out there, and two more sports will be announced this Sunday. So check out the, uh, the brand new uh, website and also check out the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network on YouTube. That's where this show is. 
Uh, and we have a host of other programming as well. Fantasy Hockey Time on Mondays, Two Minute Tuesday with Darren Bates. Uh, this show comes out on Wednesday afternoons on uh, the UFSN YouTube channel. And then we have the UFHL Now, a recap of the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. And every second Sunday, uh, the UFHL Now is on Friday. Every second Sunday, we have UFFS Pod. Cast. So you can check that out there and find awesome programming. And if you'd like to find past episodes of this show and any of the other podcasts that I have, check out podcastalley.ca. Uh, uh, easy to find. Uh, you can get past episodes. Go back to last year of Tracking the Draft and see where some of the players we talked about are uh, today and explore anything uh, that you want on Podcast Alley. We also have some contests, and you can link up to some of the other shows uh, that I have as well. Okay, that is going to just about wrap things up on the program. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, just click the subscribe button, hit that bell. You'll get a notification every time uh, an episode or something comes out on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And wherever you're listening, uh, thank you very much. You can subscribe as well. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review. Always looking uh, for constructive criticism. And if you'd like to join the show as a partner or an advertiser, please hit me up through email, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. Big thanks, of course, to Craig Button for his passion, his knowledge, and his time. And, of course, thank you for listening and watching this show on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. For Craig Button, I'm Dean Millard. This has been Tracking the Draft, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. Enjoy the push to the playoffs as we get also get closer to the NHL draft. Have a great week in hockey, everybody.